This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, reacting to the breaking news that Iowa quarterbacks coach Ken O'Keefe has stepped down from his role but will remain uh, with the Iowa Hawkeye football program is more of a behind-the-scenes role. Not really publicized what it is yet, Sean. I anticipate it'll be something like an offensive analyst or maybe something to do with recruiting because Ken O'Keefe's always been a pretty good recruiter for Iowa, and we've heard recruits talk glowingly about him. But, Sean, it's interesting timing, I think, more than anything else, with spring football probably five or six weeks away, if maybe a little bit less than that. Uh but I think at the end of the day, you and I are both in the same boat that change had to happen. We just weren't sure what's going to happen. But I guess let's just go back and forth with uh, some of our immediate takeaways from this. Yeah, I mean, some background into the decision. I wrote this on the Impact article that I put on uh, HawkeyeInsider.com, which is behind the paywall for our VIP members. Um, you know, it was kind of a surprise to a lot of the quarterbacks in the room. From what I've heard that, you know, it kind of caught a number of them by surprise. They understood. I mean, O'Keefe is 68 years old. Obviously, he was getting up there. Um, you know, this is kind of a time where, you know, you need to sit back and reflect and kind of think, you know, how how do I want to spend the rest of my life? And, you know, he decided to make the move. That he wanted to spend more time with his family and be around his, his grandkids, his, uh, you know, his immediate family. And, um, you know, you can't knock him on that decision. But, you know, like I said before, from what I've been told, it caught a number of the guys in the room by surprise. And, you know, it's college football, though. Like, you know, this stuff happens. Um, you know, I was really fortunate because it doesn't really happen in the program much. And, you know, you at least expect it. Um, you know, there's not a lot of staff tor- turnover. Obviously, we saw like programs like Oklahoma this year that, you know, even though Oklahoma has a head coach, you yeah. know, that they're really excited about. They're still they're still talking about Lincoln Riley. It's on and, you know, how his departure has impacted the program. So, yep. you know, back to O'Keefe, I. You know, it caught people by surprise, um, but, you know, you understand at the end of the day because, you know, you know, it's a it's a grind. It's a daunting job. And, you know, it's not easy to spend that much time at the facility when, you know, you're you're missing some pretty big opportunities or big moments in in other people's lives. And, you know, the job takes a tear. It takes a tear and a, and a tour on you, too. So, you know, it's it's an understanding decision. I get why you did it. But, you know, like I said before, it. It was a little bit of a surprise to some people. I think if I had to predict what coach would move on, just to some extent, it was Ken O'Keefe. I didn't think he'd be leaving Iowa. That just didn't seem likely to happen. But like you said, I think the age factor plays a part. And, you know, like people don't realize, a lot of young coaches, they get weeded out early in that profession. Because, like you said, they're, they're away from their family, like, so much of the year. Uh, obviously, the fall takes a big toll, but then you got to go recruiting, off-season meetings, move if you change jobs I mean you miss a lot of important aspects in your family's life so again you can't really knock him and I think the fact that he's sticking around the Iowa program he wants that maybe nine to nine to three job come in for five six hours just hang out and then go home and be able to spend time with his family and not be needed every single day so you know I'm not he's not retired but you know congratulations Ken O'Keefe for you know for moving on a different direction in his life and I, I know 
a lot of Iowa fans and a lot of, you know, the university is very thankful. I mean, he spent 18 years at Iowa. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator before Brian went to the NFL and up coming back as Iowa's quarterback coach. Um, but now, Sean, looking ahead, though, uh, you know, obviously it's 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 a big loss to some degree. I think he knows football uh, at a very, very high level. He had some good offenses uh, before his time at Iowa. Then we got to Iowa. I mean, you look at some of Iowa's best seasons. I mean, Ken O'Keefe was at the offense coordinator helm, but the, it, this is a very critical decision for Iowa to make, I think, because we've talked all season, all off season, Sean, about you can't look at 2021 and be like, yeah, let's run it back. They had to make mm-hmm. a change. I mean, the offense is ranked bomb statistically in a lot of categories. And, you know, I, I hope that Iowa ends up doing a nationwide search because I think an important aspect of this, Sean, is Look, I know people want to point flaws in, in Petrus and, and the quarterback room or whatever. Petrus has played a lot of Big Ten football. He understands what it's like to compete. You can build around that. You have an offensive line that I think is going to be better as a whole next year, even without Tyler Linderbaum, just because, you know, Connor Colby has another year of experience. David Davidkoff, Mason Richmond. I mean, they got dudes coming up. But then you got Arlen Bruce. You got Keegan Johnson. You got Luke Lachey, who I think could be a big breakout player next year. You have Sam Laporta, who's one of the top returning tight ends probably in the country. Uh, there's pieces there to, to make movements on. So if I'm a quarterback coach, I think it's a very attractive role, but this becomes a critical juncture of is Iowa only hiring a quarterback coach or are they going to look at, you know, I, I know the term co-offensive coordinator has been thrown out there. That would technically be, be demoting Brian. So I'm not sure how much stock I buy into that, but man, Sean, I love the idea of Iowa getting a passing game coordinator along with a quarterback coach and one, I know it's a big role, but you know, I think Brian's taking too much flack to some degree. I don't think it's all his fault by any means, but I think just getting a new perspective in there would be it's such a big, big, big deal with this Iowa passing offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, and you know, we've seen that passing game coordinator become more and more of a role in college football. I mean, I think one of the more iconic programs to use it was LSU when they had Joe Burrow um, and Joe Brady, and. You know, we've already had a couple of people on the site mention Joe Brady is a possible option, but, you know, he got hired by the Buffalo Bills to, you know, be in that same position. So that one's off the board. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I know we're going to talk about a couple of names later, but, you know, there are a few names that come to mind, you know, especially like, you know, when it comes to search, when it comes to coaching searches, obviously the first names, especially at a program like Iowa, are going to be ones that have ties to the Iowa program and especially the ones that are alums of the program. And, you know, there's a number of guys that worked in college football in the last couple of years and, you know, are some uh, risers in college football that um, would be really interesting hires. And, you know, even maybe one or two guys that are currently on the staff and the support in a, on the support staff in some way. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see or it's going to be really interesting to see how Iowa goes about it, because, you know, there's options, but as we saw with the running backs coach too, like, you know, they went after a guy in Liddell Betts who didn't have any, doesn't have any college coaching experience. And, you know, I thought he did a fairly good job in his first year, you know, those types of jobs you want to, you know, see how they pan out. But uh, after a couple of years, but from a recruiting perspective and, you know, the running backs, obviously the offensive line struggles kind of hindered that a little bit. Um, I thought he did a fairly good job without, without any experience, but, you know, the quarterback position is under such a limelight that, you know, it's going to receive more criticism than the common position coach. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing with the offensive line too. But, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see what what happens and how Iowa goes about it. I, I have a hard time seeing a 
co-offensive coordinator just because I don't think Kirk will go out of his ways to do that. Um, but you know, it's a really, it's a really fascinating, fascinating argument, just fascinating ways that they can go about it, especially with the new, like what if they want to try and make a change to what the title is and how, how that's brought up. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. I think something that's worth noting too, Sean is, for people who say they wouldn't do it, the only reason why I'd say they wouldn't do it is because it would be demoting Brian. But look at the defense. Phil Parker and Seth Wallace are co-defensive coordinators, and we've seen how that works. Now, again, one of the coordinators isn't the coach's son. Like, the reality is it does play a factor, no matter how many times publicly you say it doesn't play a factor. It obviously plays a factor. I think it would for 95% of people who are in that same position, right? I mean, it's just – it's human nature. Um I do like the idea of a passing game coordinator. I think that it would be a good direction to go in. And again, I think this is a very big opportunity. And, you know, something else, Sean, that I think is worth noting, when you talk about the Liddell bets, I think everyone thought, for the most part, that was a pretty pretty dang good hire, uh, despite the limited coaching experience. I mean, that's a guy who was an NFL back. He would have been probably, even Kirk said this, I think he would have been one of the best running backs in Iowa football history had he had a good offensive line, but they couldn't protect him whatsoever. Uh, so he basically gained every single yard by himself. Um, but like you say, as an NFL back, and I think the, the Florida ties help as well when you're trying to recruit dudes out of some of those baller states, like, like a Florida, like a Georgia, right? But the thing with, with the quarterback recruiting too is Ken O'Keefe is a – talk, I touched on this a little bit earlier. He's a dang good recruiter. And if you look at the Iowa football room right now, Marco Linez, 2023 commit, he's a four-star talent in my book. Uh, you look at Carson May, who's a high three-star. Uh, some would argue he would have been a four-star quarterback had he not played in a lower, you know, a lower division in, in Oklahoma. But he's a good prospect as well. Alex Padilla had a Georgia offer. Deuce Hogan had a Georgia offer. He was a, you know, almost a four-star caliber quarterback as well. I mean, you know, he was a pretty dang good recruiter on the trail as well. So you not only have to have a guy that can come in and, you know, give some fresh ideas for the offense and whatnot but you have to have a guy that can come in and, and keep up that level of recruiting. Yeah. And you know, it's not just quarterback recruiting too. And, you know, I know my picture's a little blurry right now, but it's not just quarterback recruiting too. It's, it's the whole, you know, Northeast region or a lot of the Northeast region. I know there's not a ton of guys from New Jersey on the current roster, but you know, you look at some important pieces from the past, Amir Smith, Marseille, you know, you got Marco Linus coming up, yeah. um, you know, Akron Wadley is one of them too. Um, guys from Connecticut, like Brian Allen from St. Thomas More, um, you know, originally an Illinois kid, but you know, they went to get him, Deontay Vines, who really Nico hasn't Organi. emerged yet. Nico Organi as well. Um, you know, guys from that Northeast region, and there's a lot of talent up there, and guys that I could have had in the past, and you know, are still kind of recruiting in some ways. So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, every time I talk to a Connecticut coach, too, or someone from out there, and you know, New Jersey as well, they've had nothing but good things to say about O'Keefe and, you know, what he's done. And, you know, those those connections that he's had with those schools out there has been nothing but positive. And, you know, you talk about quarterback recruiting, but, you know, there's talent out there in the Northeast that 
you know, I was taking advantage of with O'Keefe at the head of the job. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see how, you know, things kind of reshuffle too, because we saw with Liddell Betts, you know, he had those connections to Florida, um, you know, George Barnett, obviously being at Miami, Ohio for a long time, um, has those connections there. Um, and, you know, some other, some other guys have come up too. And, you know, with, you know, we talk about, um, some of the candidates that we've mentioned before, like, you know, Drew Tate's obviously going to be one that Iowa fans are really interested in because, you know, he's an alum, he was a success, successful Iowa quarterback, a fan favorite, um, you know, was with, was at UT Martin for a year, was at, is at UNI now, um, hasn't, I don't think the signing has been official, but, you know, he was hired as, as the quarterback's coach there. And, you know, obviously he could be, he was a good college quarterback for Iowa, played a number of years professionally, Canadian Football League, but can he recruit? Can he teach a, a D1, a Big Ten college football quarterback? And obviously, you know, those questions were not answered with or, you know, have been more answered with Liddell Betts in the early going, but we're still really don't know the whole thing. Like, you know, I was impressed with his first year as the running backs coach, and, you know, the recruiting hall that he put together and the one that he's going after in 2023. Yep. But there are still questions that need to be answered. And, you know, you talk about Drew Tate, um, you know, David Rye, another guy that's going to be named. Um, you know, I've heard some buzz about Jason Manson, current director of player development for Iowa. Maybe he stays in the support staff role, but, you know, former Iowa quarterback and receiver. And, you know, kind of the timing's a little interesting there. Um, so there's the three names that I've kind of, you know, come up with. I've asked around a little bit, you know, kind of get a feeler for what things are. But, you know, I don't know how fast this operate or how fast this process is going to go, how long it's going to take. Obviously, with spring ball coming up, you'd like to get out of the way. But if I if I recall correctly, wasn't Foster and Polisek, weren't they mostly in March of last year? They were very close to the springtime. I mean, you know, the reality, too, is, Sean, I don't think that Iowa's going to panic much if they don't have a hire by, by start of spring practice. I really don't. Now I do think, do I think this could be a relatively quick process? I don't know how, I think, I think they'll have it relatively done quick. I don't think, I don't know when they'll announce it though. I think that's the big thing for me, but I don't think they're going to panic. I think that they're going to take their time with this to some degree. I think that they're, they don't feel like there's a pressing deadline. Like they have to hire somebody by a certain date. I think you look at the support staff Iowa has in place. You look at, the veteran quarterback room as well. I mean, these guys, not that obviously they need coaching and all that, but I mean, they're not in a panic mode, so to speak. Like even during the running back uh, in the last spring practice, Sean, I mean, Tyler Goodson was essentially the only one that, I mean, Ivory Kelly Martin was out, remember? Mm-hmm. So Tyler Goodson was really the only one that had gone through a spring practice in the entire position group. So I think that was a little bit different, quote, you know, so to speak, but you know, I think that this is going to be a very important hire. And I think something else too, Sean, I think there's going to be a lot more pressure on the quarterbacks coach coming in right away because of what I mentioned, the personnel and they're fresh off a big 10 championship appearance. And, you know, they're hungry to get back. They want to get back. And I think that they can, the possibility is there, but that schedule is daunting next year. Um, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, the updated schedule, but there's a three or four week stretch where I think it's really good to find Iowa season. And when you have a guy's personnel in place, when you have a veteran quarterback, like the quarterback coach, when he comes in, Sean, it, it's going to be a little bit more high pressure than like George Barnett coming in. Like everybody knew George Barnett was taking over a younger line, so to speak. And, and, and I've always been a fan of, you can't really evaluate guys off year one. And that's why I, I pushed aside, you know, a lot of criticism of Barnett early on. You look at where the offensive line, where it started to where it ended up, 
they, I think they really made a good, a really good jump throughout the season. I think you need to give coach Barnett a lot of credit, but for the quarterbacks, people are going to be on them in the first quarter. If they're not, if the quarterbacks don't come out guns and blazing and at least look like they're taking steps in the right direction. What do you think would be, give me like two or three qualifications that the next quarterback coach at I will need to have. I think timing on the deep ball is going to be the, the first thing people look at, because I think yeah. when you look at traditionally, well, over the past I'm three talking, years, I'm saying more like qualifications, like professionally. I'll give you what I would do versus I think what Iowa football is going to do. I think Iowa football is going to keep it in-house, not maybe somebody that's directly in the staff right now, but I think that they're going to be have someone that has connections to Iowa football. That's just the Iowa football way. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's their thoughts. And there are some good candidates that do have some connections out there. Mm-hmm. I, I think you need to have an innovative guy. I, I'd love for Iowa to hire a 32 to 42-year-old. Who's, uh, who has enough coaching experience, maybe some maybe some professional playing experience at quarterback. Um, I think that's a big thing. Because, again, I think you look at Liddell Betts, and the reason why he's been able to do as well as he has is because he has that NFL pedigree, despite having limited coaching experience. Like, that's the right. thing, too. You can go in two directions when it comes to hiring a coach. You can go with the guy with a big, long resume, or you can go with the guy who's played in the NFL, that position, is a well household name within that program, like a Liddell Betts. I mean, that's why Liddell Betts was put above everybody else. I think is just he knows the program. He had NFL success and he had ties to South Florida. The coaching experience he can he can get coach in Iowa. Like he knows how to play running back. He knows how to coach running back. Right. I think Iowa would be very well suited to go to a guy who's been around NFL organizations, whether it be from an analyst perspective. Uh, coaching perspective or an NFL perspective. I think that would be a very good thing. But if, if that's not the case, I'd love to see Iowa get a guy who's been at the power five level in terms of coaching a quarterback, maybe an offensive coordinator who's no longer an offensive coordinator. I think that could be a good hire as well. Um, that's what I would look at. I think that'd be a big deal. I think the recruiting aspect, I, it, it's, it'll take care of itself. I'm not really too worried about that. I think, like you mentioned, I think the Northeast is going to be a thing where Iowa's going to have to put in a little bit more work now to sort of keep that footprint that they sort of built there, maybe keep that sort of pipeline. But those are a couple of things I would look at, Sean. I I think it just makes the most sense. Yeah, no, I, I just, I agree with everything you said. Um, I don't know how much more I have to add to it because I think you kind of hit on all the points, but I know I've used the word a lot too, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, I would lean in house right now, or at least someone with those ties to the program. But I really don't know. I, I don't know if a guy's in place. I know, you know, a lot of the players from what I've heard, like don't know exactly who the pick is going to be, uh, mainly in the quarterback room. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go in-house. Really interested about Jason Manson. I think that would be a really fascinating name to come up. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I don't know where they're in the process right now, but, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting because I, I brought up those three names before, but I don't know if I can see, I don't know if I can really think of anyone besides those three that would make a lot of sense. At least the top of our head right now. I mean, the, the news is so fresh. The news came out, what, 90 minutes ago, if that, uh, no, I, I think the man, the Manson thing's interesting too, because I'd also like to throw in this. I mean, from people I've talked to, Sean, I'm pretty sure you've heard the same thing. He's very highly respected. He's loved among the yes. players and the coaching staff. He's very highly respected by Kirk which is obviously going to be one of the biggest components to this entire thing. Uh, 
And obviously, like, he wasn't no stellar standout quarterback, but if you get a guy who, again, he's passionate about the program, he's been around the program, he understands what it takes to succeed at a high level. I mean, I, I, I think that would be a good hire. I think it would make sense. But I also would caution people this. You don't want to get a guy that's too loyal to what Iowa's currently doing because change has to be made to some degree for Iowa's offense to take the steps in the right direction. And obviously – Sean, it starts with quarterback play. It, it just does. There's no two way about it. Iowa had four passing touchdowns from October 9th through the end of the season. Two of them came against Minnesota. Two of them came against Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. Not, nothing, nothing else. I mean, they, they, there mm-hmm. has to be change, and you can't be too loyal to what Iowa is currently doing because the only thing that's changing at that point is who's coaching the position. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I don't have anything else to add. Are you guys anything? No, I think we're good, but I'll say this. Stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com. We're going to have a hot board up. We have a number of things already up. Sean did a great impact article, and obviously we'll be talking to people around um, Iowa's 2023 class and maybe what the future is kind of there with everything going on. But a lot of news to be had and a lot to talk about. So for Hawkeye Insider, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hawkeyes on 247, at David Eichel, at SBOC 247. Uh, we'll be back next time. And, again, stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com for the latest Iowa News analysis and scoop.